Well, good morning, everyone. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Everything working all right? Perfect. Well, thanks for bearing with us and joining us here virtually for the annual chamber meeting. We look forward to next year when we're all together, but uh, appreciate you hanging in here with us today. Want to get started with recognizing three very important people here in our city. I first want to recognize Dr. Billy Orr, who served as my mayor pro tem here at City Council and recently had to resign. Billy was a great mentor for me, a great leader here in our city, and she did so much in our community and, and as you know, with the chamber. And so, Billy, we're going to miss you and uh, wish you well. Uh, get healthy. Enjoy Scottsdale, and we'll, we'll be down to uh, see you hopefully soon. Recently, a very important city leader and former mayor passed away here on Sunday, Marlon Kirkendall. He was a great patriot. He was a great public servant, served his country in the Army. He was also a city council person before he became a three-term mayor. So we want to extend our condolences and our deepest sympathies, thoughts, and prayers to Tana and the whole family and thank Marlon for his dedicated service to our city. And finally, I want to recognize our, our Prescott Police Chief, Deb Black, who recently resigned to retire to move on to uh, the next venture in her life in mental health and counseling. Chief, you did a tremendous job here at the city of Prescott and a storied career in law enforcement in the state of Arizona. Thank you so much for your service to our city. You've left us in great hands with the interim chief, Amy Bonney and lieutenants and a team that's, that's tremendous. And so uh, best wishes to you on what's next. Well, 2020 was the most unique, unpredictable and challenging year of my life. And I'm sure that most of you can relate to that statement. 11 months ago, I was in my first COVID-19 meeting. I'd never really heard of this coronavirus. I think I'd Googled it maybe once. And I had no idea what was in store for us. But Leslie Horton, our Yavapai County Health Director, came to that meeting with the epidemiologist and they were telling us about this virus that started in China and was moving across the world and was going to eventually come to Arizona. And what it meant, we didn't really know. How to prepare, we didn't really know. How deadly was this, we didn't know. How was it going to spread, we really didn't know. And yet Leslie and her team have successfully helped us navigate this very ugly disease. Unfortunately, we have lost over 330 lives here in Yavapai County. And I want each and every loved one who, who lost someone, family members who lost a loved one, I want you to know that we are in your lives. Our thoughts and prayers are with you, and we just want you to know that we walk through this grief with you. Leslie Horton has been a rock for us here in the city in Yavapai County. She has been steady, calm, measured, responsive, reasonable, and gracious. And if we were all meeting together and she were here in the room with us, we would definitely ask her to stand and be recognized and she would receive all of your adulation and a, a standing ovation, I'm certain, for her leadership here in our city and our county. Furthermore, John Amos has been 
a great leader as well at the hospital. And we've had so many great leaders here in the city rise up during this difficult pandemic and collaborate together. And I'm certain without great leadership like Leslie and John and the collaboration that we all shared together, this would have been a much more difficult disease to navigate. This is a great day because today there is a vaccination center opening at the old Sears store near the mall. And I want to thank John Amos and YRMC for their efforts to make this happen, collaborating with Leslie and the county and other agencies. But it's a great day because if we can continue to roll this vaccine out to those over 65, I do believe we will see the virus recede. I believe we will see fewer deaths and fewer hospitalizations. We have more vaccination rollouts coming as well. The educators are getting vaccinated this week. I talked to Joe Howard and he's excited about getting the teachers vaccinated this week. Safeway and Fry's are rolling out their own vaccination centers. Doctors offices have the vaccine. And so we will do all that we can here at the city to make sure we get the vaccine out into the community as quickly as we can. You know, I wanna thank our healthcare workers all the doctors and nurses out there in the community, the first responders, the EMS, there've been so many that have stepped up during this pandemic. And you know what's significant about that is there were so many unknowns. If you remember in March and April and May, we didn't know so many things about this virus. Yet these folks on the front line, healthcare workers, EMS, fire, police, they all did their jobs every day despite the unknowns. They answered the call. And I wanna thank all of our healthcare workers and frontline workers for what you've done for public health and safety in our city during this pandemic. I'd like to recognize all the employees at the city of Prescott because in the same way they showed up with all the uncertainty to ensure essential services were delivered. Water, trash, wastewater was taken care of, streets were ready to go. They did all the things that we typically take for granted despite not knowing what this disease might do. Furthermore, city employees, as well as your businesses, innovated during this difficult time of not being able to be together. There were so many great innovations and ways to deliver service virtually and online. And I commend our employees for their adaptability and their creativity. So I'd like to give all of our employees a hand, both at the city and those in your organizations for their commitment and courage this year. Always there are those who go above and beyond. They answer the call to do something heroic or extraordinary. And I'm proud to present three stories for you today. Albert Guzman is a wastewater utility worker who was working in the Eagle Ridge neighborhood on December 21 when he noticed smoke coming from a home. He went to the home and found flames in the garage. The homeowner was there in a panic. His car was inside and the flames were close. Albert took charge of the situation and began spraying flames with a garden hose. While he instructed the homeowner to move the car out of the garage, he hosed down the area in an attempt to keep the fire from spreading. Good thing because he later learned that there was a locked gun case with ammunition inside. He continued to spray the area kept the homeowner safe while fire crews arrived. Albert, thank you for going above and beyond to help this homeowner save his home and thank you 
for your service to others. My second story is about three Prescott firefighters whose quick thinking saved Glenn Martin's life. Captain Pat McCarty, fire engineer Parker Moore, and probationary firefighter Micah Joannis were dispatched to a possible cardiac arrest. The initial information that seemed to be available was a full code response would be necessary. Under the direction of Captain McCarty, the crew outlined the intended actions and protocols they would use in order to conduct life-saving measures. The initial assessment revealed an elderly, elderly male patient with cardiac symptoms who was unresponsive and not breathing. After a quick check, a shock was rendered. A combination of electrical shock and administration of medications ensued. Having worked on the patient in his home for nearly 20 minutes, the crew was able to restore a heartbeat and restore consciousness of the patient to the point he was able to communicate in the back of the ambulance on the way to the hospital. Mr. Martin has since fully recovered following his heart attack and was present when the crew was presented with a unit citation award for their life-saving efforts. Thank you to these firefighters for going above and beyond and for your service to our community. Prescott Police Officer Tim Crager is recognized as one of the best investigators assigned to the Patrol Bureau. His tenacity and interviewing skills have made him one of the most effective and productive officers on the department. On October 7th, 2020, his skill and intervention undoubtedly prevented a victim from further violence and probably saved her life. On this date, Officer Crager conducted a routine traffic stop. He noticed the female passenger had bruising to her face and neck. When asked, she said she fell in the bathroom, but Officer Crager sensed her fear speaking in the presence of her boyfriend, the driver of the car. Separating the woman from her boyfriend, approaching her with extreme compassion and concern, Officer Crager was able to determine she'd been beaten and strangled by her boyfriend. She was fearful of retaliation and believed he would kill her. Officer Crager followed his instincts and demonstrated genuine care and concern for this victim. Strangulation is a particularly serious form of assault and is recognized as a predictor of domestic violence homicide. Officer Crager also obtained an admission from the boyfriend, thus developing further evidence supporting felony aggravated assault charges. Officer Crager, thank you for your dedication to helping victims of crime and keeping our community safe. These are just a few examples of extraordinary people in our community who put others' needs above their own to serve the greater good in our city. And you know, there are many examples of this happening, not just at the city, but also in our business community, in your organizations. And I'd like to share one example of a business that stepped up to provide services beyond the norm to take care of those in need. You see, during the pandemic, it would be easy to shrink back and play the victim as a business owner and say, because of the state restrictions, because of county restrictions, because of the pandemic, I can't do anymore. But our business community stepped up during the pandemic to serve the greater good and those needs that became evident in our community. And there are multiple stories of this throughout the city, but this is just one of the stories that I'd like to share with you about a business that stepped up to serve needs that became evident in our city. Gatto Community Gives 
In the early days of COVID, while Barry Barb and his team at Elgato Azul were trying to decide whether to remain open or closed, they decided that if they were to remain open, it had to be for a greater cause. So they created Gato Community Gives, basically turning their restaurant into a food bank for several months. Elgato offered up the original seed monies plus food and labor to help get this project off the ground. With the assistance of Rakini Chinnery, owner of Allen's Flowers, they were delivering 10 to 12 boxes a day to feed families in need. Multiple other community members stepped up during this time to strengthen the program. In addition to cash donations, community members were bringing food, games, blankets, toiletries, pet food, boxes for packing, and more. Today, Gato Community Cares has provided close to 10 thousand meals and continues to offer services to those in need. Due to the outpouring of support, they were able to establish a collaborative community fund with the Arizona Community Foundation. This allows all gifts to be tax deductible and the donations allow them to assist other nonprofits. In the past few months, they've made direct donations to Prescott Community Cupboard, the Navajo Nation Food Program, PUSD Meals Program, and other wor worthy organizations. Thanks to the ongoing generosity of the community, Gado Community Gives has been able to not only continue assisting those in need of meals, but has been able to expand the program to include other non-food related needs. Barry Barb, thank you and your entire staff and the community members who supported this worthy cause. Thank you for seeing a need and putting your own needs aside to take care of the needs of our community. You know, I'd like to take a look back at 2020 and look at some accomplishments. You know, it's really easy as we talk about the pandemic and how difficult 2020 was to lose sight of some amazing things that happened in our city. We have some great accomplishments that occurred in 2020. I'd like to start with Proposition 443. This was an initiative that started back in 2017, and it was a three-quarter cent sales tax dedicated to pay down our unfunded liability. And at that time, our unfunded liability was $86 million. It was a real problem. It had a stranglehold on our city budget where we really couldn't spend anything, and we were always looking to reduce services so that we could reduce costs to pay that unfunded liability. Well, because of your efforts, because of your help, Proposition 443 passed. And in 18, 19, and 20, we've been collecting this three-quarter cent sales tax. And the good news is that it's doing exactly what we said it would do. It has paid that unfunded liability down from $86 million to now $43 million. We've cut it in half. And I believe this will twilight in less than 10 years, and we will see this unfunded liability at less than a million and a half dollars, which will allow us to do amazing things in our city. Uh, and, and that's really what this has done. It's positioned us for the future and allows us to invest in assets that we have here in the city that need enhancing, like our airport terminal, like the the, the employees here at the city of Prescott, we were able to recently pass a total compensation package to make them and their salaries competitive in the market so that we can keep this great talent here at the city of Prescott. We're also able to invest in the Granite Creek Corridor, among many other projects. 
So thank you for your efforts to pass Proposition 443. There are so many great things happening at our airport right now. And the biggest one is the airport terminal is almost completed. We're just a few short months away from opening the terminal. And I can't wait for you to be there and to see it and to use it and to fly in and out of our brand new terminal. This is going to open up so many doors for commerce and economic opportunity in and around the airport and in our great city. This is going to be uh, great as well for new carriers and new destinations. We're going to have a small kind of soft opening because of the pandemic initially in March. But when we can gather again, we're going to have a great big party at the terminal. Trust me, you'll all be invited. And we want to celebrate this great accomplishment that's been in the works for so many years. Furthermore, at the airport this past year, we won Airport of the Year by the Arizona Department of Transportation. And I want to thank Robin Sabata, the director of the airport, and her team for their great efforts. Uh, and I'm glad they were recognized as Airport of the Year. And then we recently have a big announcement coming out with a new carrier at the airport called Boutique Air. This is a very small aircraft with eight seats that's going to have a really high touch, uh, great feel like you're on a private jet. Uh, and it's going to go twice a day down to Phoenix, very affordable rates, allows you to avoid I-17 and jump onto another flight down in Phoenix. And so we're very proud uh, to bring on Boutique Air February 15th, so check that out. The Granite Creek Corridor, we've talked about a lot over the past 18 months, and many of you have been involved in helping us figure out what that wants to look like. And we wanna thank you for your public input. Thank you for your participation. As we put together this plan and we finalized the design last year, and this is gonna be a great project for our downtown. We plan on investing $1.7 million starting this year in the Granite Creek Corridor. This will span from Hilton Garden Inn all the way to Mile High Middle School. It'll be a major commerce corridor that will open up many opportunities for business along Granite Creek, as well as in the downtown area with more access to that pathway, more lighting, more signage. It's gonna be a great addition to the downtown. I'd like to welcome two businesses to our city uh, that have uh, just opened and are about to open, CP Tech or Combat Proven Technologies deals in military applications of software and hardware, and they're moving from the San Diego area into a brand new building on the north end of Prescott near the airport with almost 100 employees, high paying jobs coming to our city. This is gonna be an amazing addition. Furthermore, they're developing drone technology that they'll develop here in Prescott, and that's gonna add even more jobs to CP Tech. So welcome CP Tech to our city. We hope to see more of these kinds of businesses coming to our city that will enhance the job opportunities. Secondly, I'd like to welcome Hilton Garden Inn. You've probably seen the hotel on the end of Sheldon Street. The hotel is complete with the amenities of the pool and the train trestle, and it is absolutely gorgeous. Triple Creek Restaurant is inside the Hilton Garden Inn that's run by Barry Barb, and they do a tremendous job. And I would invite you in to go see it to experience the restaurant, but we're not done there. 
The, the Sam Hill warehouse is being completed. They're renovating the Sam Hill warehouse behind. That will be a part of the conferencing area for the Hilton Garden Inn. And then we have a tremendous park that's going to go in this spring with a splash pad and a playground and lots of grassy areas so that we can have the farmer's market and arts and crafts fairs there in the Granite Creek Park area. So look for more to come, but welcome Hilton Garden Inn. I wanna turn and look towards the future here in the coming year at two exceptional accomplishments that I believe will happen in 2021. And they're really under the umbrella of the Arizona Eco Development Annexation. You know, we've been at this for about three years and I'm sure you're all pretty familiar with the Arizona Eco Development Annexation and the, the Granite Dells area and the airport area. and you know, it's been kind of a rough road, honestly. It's been a little bit rocky and we've had some ups and downs and maybe some controversy around this, but I'm thankful for it all. I wouldn't change it for one minute because all of it has contributed to a great deal. And I wanna thank all of our community members, individuals and groups that have been involved with this process because it's been a good process and we're gonna have a better deal because of your input. So thank you for helping us get where we are today. So I'll remind you that we did an LOI letter of intent last summer, and it really outlined the basics of the deal. And those basics are that the city would receive 475 acres of prime public open space dedicated to the city for its use in perpetuity. The Point of Rocks, No Name Creek, and an opportunity for a tremendous park that'll be right near 89 Highway, that'll be a, a great gateway to our public preserve here in the Granite Dells. This is also a great addition to the 1,100 acres that we have nearby at Watson Lake. And so it's gonna be an amazing, amazing development to have all this open space together. And then secondly, we're gonna receive 270 acres near the airport off the end of the runway with another option of 130 acres in addition to have 400 acres of land off the end of our runway. And we get all this without any expense out of pocket. We have a tremendous water portfolio, as you know, and we're able to trade our water for this land, for this annexation. So right now we're in development agreement negotiations. Myself, Mayor Pro Tem Alexa Scholl, and Council Member Kathy Rusing. We're meeting with the developer to hammer out the details of the development agreement. And I wanna thank those council members for joining me in this process. And it's been a very good process. We're two meetings into this negotiations and it's really our job to ensure the mechanisms are in place to ensure that we uphold the letter of intent tenants of the deal. And that's what we're doing. And that's what we will continue to do. But we are making great progress. And once we get a meeting of the minds and we feel good about the development agreement, we're gonna bring it to the full council to have them look at it. But then shortly after that, we're gonna bring it to the public. And we want your input before we ever take a vote on this development agreement. So trust me, we are working in good faith. We're gonna bring it to the public. And I really uh, am hopeful that we will have this at our council dais for a vote this year. So we can deliver the point of rocks and this land at the airport to the city. 2020 was hard. 2020 was, was very hard. On April 10th, 
I lost my 21-year-old daughter to epilepsy. And I've never been through anything so difficult. Yet, I want to thank you all for your love and thoughts and concern because that's really what helped Sheila and I get through this time. The community showed up in an amazing way, and I want to thank you all for all of your thoughts and prayers and words of encouragement. In 2020, we had to make tough decisions every day, and usually there was a deadline, and it was a deadline too soon because we didn't have enough information. We didn't, we didn't know what was the best way to make this decision, but we had to make it anyway. And you all stood up and made those decisions every day, just like I did, without enough information. Personally, at my line of work, at the camp, we lost our whole book of business for nine months. So our $5 million budget was reduced to about $300,000 for 2020. How do you navigate that? How do you make that work? It was very difficult. And you have your own stories of your own losses financially. And I understand, trust me, I've walked through it in 2020. And finally, we lost lives to COVID-19 in 2020. We've lost over 330 lives to COVID-19, and that just added to the difficulty. Yet, despite the loss and difficulty, I will not be defined by a disease. I will not be defined by my grief. I will not be defined by people who tell me I have failed or didn't do enough. We have to be overcomers. We've always been overcomers here in Prescott. Prescott is a special place filled with overcomers. We have a history of coming together to overcome adversity. Whether it's a fire on Whiskey Row or the loss of Granite Mountain Hot Shots, we know how to stand together and how to become stronger as a community. In 2021, we will prevail. We will be stronger and we will not be limited. We are Prescott. So don't let circumstances or difficulty define you or limit you. In Prescott, we welcome all people to our city. In Prescott, we welcome all people to our city, regardless of race, origin, or creed. Our community believes we are more alike than we are different. Our community sets aside differences and works together to solve our problems. Our community is about others and not self. I believe the most fulfilling life is one lived in service to others. I believe the most fulfilling life is the life that's lived in service to others. It's time to set aside our differences and focus on what we share in common. It's time to unite as a city and be a beacon of hope for all. God bless you all and God bless Prescott.